All right. Inappropriate Earl. We're back. It's been a big week for us. Thank you to Nita Strauss from Alice Cooper's band for coming down. Thank you to Chris Frangiola, Eddie Pence, Jerry Rocha. But today's episode might be an all-timer because it's a man on my couch right now who's responsible for every TV credit I have. And that's no joke. Before that, I had a Rob Schneider movie from 2004 as my only credit. But because of Roast Battle, because of that show, I'm dying up here. The Jellies, please put your hands together for a man who I can never thank enough, along with Brian Moses, Mr. Jeff Ross. <laughs> There's the... Uh... <laughs> so only I'm on? I'm... Yes. There's, we, it's already blowing up. People just saying, hey, Jeff, hearts, people waving at us. Thanks for that sad, pathetic intro. But I mean it, though. I know, but you're like, how do I repay him? By inviting him over to my fucking cum-jizzed couch <laughs> to talk about whatever. Hi, Instagram. Hi, inappropriate or all fans. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I have had sex where you're sitting. <laughs> But but enough about my glorns. <laughs> I'm good on that. Uh, it's been an honor to work with you all these years. And to I really do owe you every TV credit. It's not kissing your ass if it's true, I don't think. You think you got on I'm Dying Up Here because of Roast Battle? 100%. They saw really? me. Uh, Michael Aguilar uh, was sitting in the VIP section and... Uh, I guess he uh, said to Jerron Horton, who's that guy over there? Tyler, the creator, same thing. I saw him. Uh, I thought he was friends with Jamar. So I thought, oh, I'll just make fun of this skinny black kid. And uh, so, I mean, Roast Battle is, uh, and, you know, to be on Comedy Central five nights in six days. I, I had nothing before that. So, although, That's pretty cool. Well, it's all thanks to you. If it was up to me and Moses, we'd still be trying to get on uh, Spike TV or something you know i mean it's what attracted you to roast battle roasting the love of the game sharpening your brain and writing roast jokes and watching the movement grow i mean there's nothing worse than being the only when i first started doing roasts there were no young roasters it was lonely and once i started to realize i was going to be into this this was my lane i wanted more people to be able to do it i some comics would say wouldn't you just want you to be the funny guy on the roast and i'm like no i want everyone to be funny so i'm on a funny show right so i started you know expanding the brand because that's what i loved in the, when you first came on board like everyone set each other up like you set me up moses set the wave up you know the roasters would set the judges up i mean it really was like an amazing uh like a basketball passing clinic everyone helped each other right and that's what makes the show great There's well where are you we haven't seen you at roast battle in a while Earl. uh well i had to uh you know just uh, clear my brain a little bit uh and uh, you know just uh you know i'm a very competitive person so i think my juices were getting too much I see. Uh, but now I'm ready to... Uh, to come back into the... Uh, you know, just a few battles out there that uh, could get me back in the room. Or, I see. Uh, 
you, you know. If you could battle anybody, who would it be? Maybe even somebody who's not a battler. You know, like, I would love to battle uh, The Rock. would be great. Well, who wouldn't? Uh, but, I mean, he's, you know, coming from the pro I've done that, by the way. And how was it? It was fun. He beat me. <laughs> but, I mean, he's such a personality. Right. Uh, that I And I think he would take a joke as well as he would give it. Like, of course. Obviously, I'm a fan. Right. Uh, you know, um, I think John Mayer would be fun. Well, yeah. He gets it. But he's very funny. Very funny. But he also is an easy target. But that's almost, he knows where I'm going to hit him on, you know, womanizing. And I mean, it's not really hitting someone hard when, yeah, you get a lot of pussy. I don't, I would love for people to say that about me, you right. know, uh, you know, whereas me, I've got certain family members getting out of prison for various. So he was been in jail. Is your uncle? Uh, it's my first cousin. And um, I mean, I don't know if people know, but I popped up on my news feed today that Earl's first cousin was convicted of murder decades ago. I mean, and now we find out none of it was none of it happened. Well, well, it happened, but, uh, you know, they still it's it's um, you want to tell people what happened? <laughs> not really, but it's uh, it's like the JFK. There's. It's not a definitive answer on. Are you friendly with this part of the family? I used to play golf with him, to be honest with you. Uh, How long has he been in jail? Well, he was in jail uh, for, I think, a couple years, and then he uh, got out of jail. And then uh, I guess today they uh, rescinded the the original conviction. So he's, it's pretty much that's it. You know, he's, uh, you know, it was a fascinating. case because for 20 years uh earl's part of the kennedy clan the skakel part of the kennedy clan yes my aunt is ethel ethel kennedy um yeah i was born friendly with bobby is he your cousin he's uh, my first cousin uh i he was at both my parents funerals wow uh that's really only when i see the kennedys or at funerals uh and court trials (laughs) right i get invited to those it's like a character witness so as you get even more famous, they're all going to be calling you. Yeah. Well, you know, if they pull up some of my roast battles, I don't think they're going to want me as a character witness. Uh, Maybe not. Uh, and then, uh, so Ethel is is my aunt, and that's the she was my dad's sister, but they weren't terribly close. Hmm. So, uh, you know, it's uh, a weird connection. You, you know, and it's a target for roast battle. K. Trevor Wilson had a great joke about it. And uh, I guess my point is, watch Roast Battle. It's a very <laughs> complex, interesting, fascinating show. It comes back on Comedy Central this summer. Yeah, do we know a location yet? Yes, but I can't say. Okay. Yet. Well, you know that there's some battles that could could happen for me. New rule this year that might throw you off a little bit. I don't know. Oh, okay. Every battler has to wear a hockey jersey. <laughs> I could outfit the show. So I don't know if you're into that or not. Not really. You know, I have a few upstairs. Uh, yeah. But I Earl doesn't want people to know, but he has over $7 million <laughs> worth of hockey jerseys in his downstairs closet. I, I just might buy the trophy for Russ Battle. Just say I want it. Yeah. <laughs> this year's Russ Battle sponsored by Earl Skakel. Russ Battle jerseys would be cool. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially if it's north of the border. Uh but, uh, you know, it's it's a great show. It really is to be in a room full of that much talent. 
you know, and it's younger talent, established talent, a little bit in between. Of course. You know, it's, I've never seen a show. I've been doing comedy 20 years. How long have you been doing comedy? 29 years. Have you ever seen a show help so many people? Nothing, even close. I mean, at least 100 people. Right. Have writing jobs, uh, TV appearances, uh, and just the overall ability to interact like with you and like when you bring Chappelle up there and, uh, you know, John Mayer and, and Ron White comes up there and, and you're the one responsible for all these people coming up there. Right. Because when it was me and Moses running the ship, it was, uh, you know, Kenny Lyon coming up to check it out. Well, it, it's a good show, and I always want my friends to see it and to be part of it. It's just my nature. Love to throw parties, and uh, excited for season three. Oh yeah, I can't. I miss you in the haters chair. You know, I I prefer battling, just because I love the uh, well, of course, but the combat. Yeah, but doesn't but, it keep you in in it and fresh to be in the haters section? Oh, I mean, I I, I do miss uh, I miss the room a lot. I miss interacting. You know, you and I always had good uh, you know chemistry, and 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 me and Moses all got along from day one. And uh, but I I really fell in love with battling and the art of uh, you know full disclosure, Jeff, and I think you know this. Uh, you know, I have probably seventy percent of my roast jokes written for me. You know, I'm like Bon Jovi. I pay Desmond Child to write the hits. Ah. And I sing them. I see. But I'm honest about it. Really? I, I write about 30%. If I know the person, it's a little easier. Uh, you know, like... Who do you use to write? Uh, in Montreal. Yeah. I think, I think everyone knows this. Uh, Doug Fager and Omid Singh. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I was getting, like, when I was battling Jimmy Carr, I had some... Comics from the UK sending me jokes, uh -huh. unsolicited, but oh wow! I guess they were comics that had a beef with him, or wow, uh, interesting. And then uh, Pat Barker, great, great. Oh, he's great like joke writer. He's like, I can't really help you against Sarah Tiana, but if you beat her, here's some Mike Lawrence jokes, which is uh, well, you certainly own that material, so you're a great performer, Earl. Well, uh, once again, I, I appreciate the opportunities you've given me and. You know, but I love the strategy part of it. Like, you know, with Sarah, Pat Barker told her, uh, make Earl go first. He's never gone first before, which is true. I'd never gone first before. I always like to call out the other person right. and put the pressure on them, you know, against Jesse Joyce. It's like, you go first. You're the pro. Uh, you know, Tom Ballard, <laughs> Jimmy, uh, you know, Olivia. Yeah, I like, I'm a rebuttal guy. I don't like writing. The 30% of the jokes that I do write, uh, you know, it's just not my personality to say if I was roasting you, like, you've been amazing to me. Why would I say anything, even though you roast the ones you love? I don't know if I'd like to say anything mean about you. I just, I wouldn't mean it. I see. So I don't mind. There's some something mean you'd say about even your best buddies, right? Oh, I mean, uh, you know, me and Olivia were dating at the time we roasted. So we killed each other. Right. So, uh, you know, me and Whitney were dating uh, at the time of our roast. You know, I wouldn't suggest roasting someone you're dating. Right. It doesn't seem to. Uh, Although we did a couple of those over the years, and they're always really funny roast battles. Well, I think uh, exes are funny 
to me because they have an axe to grind and you know usually most exes get along for the most part so it's not coming from a place of mean spiritedness but you know you can get a nice back and forth with exes i think uh, you have a small dick well your pussy smells and or, you know stuff like that it's a good give and take i see take the game up a notch yeah i think it's i, I mean i always enjoy the battles whether it be tv or tuesday nights or in new york uh when the battlers know each other you know i think it's well who are your favorite new battlers across i love the, across the country um i love kim congdon i mean she's not a new battler but uh she's great she's a beautiful girl but battles like a guy huh um nicole buchanan's very mm -hmm. good uh gene whitney uh you know since i've only lost to women i i, I like how women battle you know because uh, you've studied it yeah i mean i think when women battle men it's always tougher for the guy like you know when i battled whitney I and mean, she's beautiful and i was talking about her body and every guy in the room would fuck her so i just i lost the crowd instantly uh <laughs> and you know against sarah tiana i wasn't mean enough huh so i was scared right you wanted to you didn't want to poke her well i thought um you know she's friends with sarah silverman and i knew the likelihood of judd apatow was going to vote with sarah so i was like i can't really go too mean because i'm going to lose both votes and uh but then mike lawrence went pretty mean right out of the gate it's roast battle dude i can't believe you're admitting you held back big error oh it cost me the uh the the, the chance to uh cost you that battle oh absolutely interesting because uh, i think you know i would have liked my chances against uh, mike lawrence because i think when it's two guys you can you can go all in right uh you know i don't think i don't know if comedy central would have liked the finals with me and mike lawrence on high def well, there's nobody really that attractive on Roast Battle anyway. It's really a show for misfits. Even the good-looking people are kind of weird-looking, good-looking people. Yeah, I mean, you know, outside of Matt Broussard, I think I hold up pretty well against any guy. But even Matt Broussard on Roast Battle, when you're, he's sitting, he just he's so out of place, he looks like the oddball. Yeah, so, uh, but I can't wait for season three. Great. Because it's... Uh, well, it's coming, baby. Oh, I can only imagine the the swerves and the plot lines and uh you know it's it's gonna be uh very different this time around. Unique, gonna be more fast paced. It's gonna be great, Earl. Oh, I can't wait. I mean it it's uh Jeff Ross presents Roast Battle season three. It's Comedy Central. But you have something else to plug. What's that? Your podcast. Uh-huh. How did you come about getting your own podcast? Um, I was on the road a few, couple months ago, and my cousin Ed, Ed Larson, who you probably know. The best. He, uh, he loves doing podcasts. He's really into producing and hosting podcasts. So he took a spare room underneath my house. And he built a studio, a podcasting studio there, which one day I just called the bunker after a little pool party, brought some friends down there and just started basically shooting the shit, eating, smoking, drinking, and hanging. 
And I thought, well, what is this? You know, is this just for, about friendship? Is this about current events? Is this about roasting? It's about all that. So I called it Thick Skin with Jeff Ross. Life is hard. Let's get through it together. So I hope people who love Inappropriate Earl. Um, and by the way, this riveting podcast journalism about roast battle. Oh, it's, but people love the show. I hope you come over and listen to Thick Skin. Please Jeff do Ross. so. Support Jeff. He has supported literally 80% of the comics in Los Angeles. Oh, Jeff, a lot. Thank you. Uh, and it's on iTunes. It's on iTunes and Stitcher and probably other places I don't realize because I'm not very technical. But I will say I do love hosting a podcast. It's not really a celebrity podcast. I interview my sister, my Aunt Donna. They're school teachers when there was a shooting at a school about teachers and guns. I interviewed my sister's mother-in-law, Alice, uh, about what it was like to work in the advertising business in the 60s in uh, terms of sexual harassment back then. Uh, I talked to Bob Saget when Mitzi Shore died because she was a big influence on his career. I talked to Seth Green last week when Vern Troyer, his Austin Powers co-star, who played Mini-Me, when he died. So it really is a show about um, getting through life and trying to laugh when your chips are down or when maybe you're not in the mood. Sometimes you can sort of force it, Earl. You can sort of push yourself towards the light from the darkness. I think podcasts are really good at that. They, they're companionship. Sometimes I'll be in the shower by myself and if I'm trying to jerk off and I can't think of anything to come to, I put your podcast on and I can last an hour hard as a rock. Well, I have that effect on people. I don't know what it is, man. Well, I just draw people in. Yeah. Guy or you saw we just, me and Jeff had a, a pre-podcast meal on Santa Monica Boulevard. Right. Boys Town. And, uh, you know, we both got a lot of cat calls. You more than me with those basketball shorts on. Well, I'm a friend of the community. I see. Know. I but, love all people. Oh, I do too. I mean, uh, I was. Do you identify as a man? Well, I'm transitioning. I want to. Uh, I think I'm one of the straighter men on earth. Mm. Uh, although I lived in a somewhat gay environment as a child. Uh huh. Because my mom didn't leave the house a lot. Right. She was a recluse. Right. Um, so the hairdresser was gay. The nail lady was a lesbian. Um, her stylist was like Liberace gay. Uh, so I was raised around gay people and and my dad was away in business so much that i was raised by a black guy for the most part uh -huh. um and he leroy who was, was that leroy his name is leroy prince and uh you know he was the first person that died in my life that uh affected me like it was it was like as if my dad had died um and you know benji the great benji aflalo right uh he had one of the best roast jokes ever what was that? Uh, I don't remember the joke necessarily, but it was the fact that he did. An, no one had ever done a Leroy joke on me. And, right. Because it's incredibly, I, I don't talk about it a lot. Because I still get choked up about it. I see that. Uh, but Benji somehow found out about Leroy and, and he got me pretty good with it. And that's when I. I remember I, this. 
Well, you weren't there that night, but I think you told me you'd watched it on Periscope. Right. And uh, I was about to cry. So I said, I got to lay down on the floor so no one sees me cry if I do cry. And, uh, and then he made me laugh with his next joke that actually helped me not to cry. Do you remember these jokes? I remember his last joke. What was the Leroy joke? Leroy joke was, uh, it was a little uh, on the uh, racially tinged side, but it was, it was clean. Um, I think uh, it was something along the lines of uh, Earl loved Leroy who raised him, who was black about as black as his mom's lungs after she died of cancer <laughs> oh my goodness you know it was a double whammy it's like oh my god because i was very he really close. took you down he did and then uh you know i got him with this very good battle but uh you get him back i did get him back i don't really remember uh with what i think uh I said uh, every show that Benji writes for gets canceled, so why don't you write my next Verizon contract, bitch? That's good. And, you know, a couple other ones. Uh, How did he close it up? It was a really long joke. He was basically reading my Wikipedia page, and then he just looked at me and said, Earl, wake up. The 80s are over, you faggot. And I, it it was too long of a joke. If it was shorter, he probably would have won the battle. Uh, uh, so you beat him. But barely in overtime. But I love Benji. Uh, Benji Aflalo alone together on Freeform. Funny with, show with Astor Pavitsky in the second season. Uh, oh, and they proud deserve of him. It. Proud of him. Oh, he's because uh, I know he's opened up for you a few times. Oh, we're good pals. Yeah, we rode together, worked together, and hang together. Getting back to your podcast, because uh, I really like thick the, skin with Jeff Ross on iTunes. Yeah. Please support Jeff Ross. I cannot. I'll, you don't have to support me. You you just come over, check it out, and if you're not entertained, it's fine. But I find that if you come over and give it a chance, you might be into it. This week, our episode is about the White House Correspondents' Dinner and the reaction and how the Association of Reporters threw Michelle Wolf under the bus for apologizing for her body performance. And, uh, and last week, we had a... Uh, um, a ghost story. It's fun. I can see why you like doing it, Earl. I can see why you've done two hundred something episodes. Well, it's just uh, I, I try and ask each guest something that they. I mean, obviously, I'm going to ask you about roasting and and, and who inspired you, and you know, because I was a huge Don Rickles fan. I, I know you were good friends with them, uh, but I try and dig a little deeper, you know, with, with certain people. You know, just maybe my fans and your fans will hear a topic oh we've never heard him uh talk about this and i think you know where i'm going uh you know i grew up in the 80s watching miami vice uh-huh and there was uh don johnson good good guy it, oh did you, uh, do you oh, know no, i thought you could ask me about don johnson philip michael thomas i never met him do you know if you listen to the very last episode of miami vice as the end credits are rolling you can hear him fall off the face of the earth just, just goes right off. Uh, but there was a character actor uh, who was in a uh, recurring character, I guess. Charlie. The great Charlie Barnett, a New York street comic. Literally, who, he performed in the park. Right. And outside. Uh, take it, because I don't, it, it pains me that someone like him is uh, virtually unknown by mainstream. Like, Describe to us the greatness of Charlie Barnett. Charlie was a great guy and a great comic. 
he was larger than life, big hands, little body, eyes bulging out of his head, didn't need a microphone. He'd stand up in the middle of the fountain in Washington Square Park when the fountain was no longer operating. So it was just these sort of um, pods, these little mini stages, basically, that you could jump up on and do an impromptu show. Washington Square Park would have jugglers and, and acrobats, and there were a couple of comedians, but Charlie Barnett truly ruled Washington Square Park. He'd get up there in his booming voice, showtime, gather around, showtime, everybody. And people would just start being curious and tourists would start to pull up and people with baby carriages and homeless people and kids. And he made them all laugh, you know. Uh, he wasn't clean and he wasn't dirty. He was just Charlie. Right. You know, he'd say things like, you know, uh, I took the I took an AIDS test. I got a sixty-five. <laughs> he just passed. You know, he'd say, uh, "Wear my yarmulke to the side. I'm a Hebrew. I'm Jewish and black." I mean, you know, right? He. I'll think of some more of his jokes. I'm not doing him justice, but he was clever, funny, and a really, really fun performer to watch. He'd work that park, man. He'd jump around. He'd grab somebody's purse. He'd grab a, a Japanese tourist camera. He would do stuff like that. And and he, he turned that outside park, that atmosphere, into a nightclub. He would make it intimate. And I would sit there and watch him because I lived right on the corner of that park at 300 Mercer Street. And Dave Chappelle lived nearby and we would always meet in the park and hang out and eat lunch and talk to girls and look for weed and, <laughs> and just kill time until our sets at night, right around the corner at the comedy cellar on McDougal or the Boston comedy club on third street. Those were our mainstays. And Dave and I would just sit there and soak up the scene and, and absorb Charlie and what he was doing. And eventually Dave had more guts than me. You know, I didn't have the guts to perform in the park. I would just watch and, and learn. But Dave would pop up. Dave would stand up and he'd sort of almost like imitate Charlie in a weird way. He would be sort of big and loud and he learned how to kill with complete strangers at three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and eventually... I haven't thought about this in a long time, but eventually Charlie got sick. You know, he had some breaks. He did some TV shows. Our manager, Barry Katz, got him some gigs. And, uh, but Charlie was basically homeless. He was, I guess, a drug addict. I never really saw that side of it too much. But he had a sketchy private life. And seems that he got AIDS at a certain point or figured out that he had AIDS. And, and, you know, as we became closer friends, he became sicker and sicker and eventually was severely disabled and bedridden and wheelchair ridden and 
Sometimes he would sleep in Barry's office under his desk, and sometimes he would sort of disappear for a couple of days. But uh, he was fucking hilarious. Remember one night, may have been during the Rodney King riots in L.A. We were in New York, and I remember him walking me and another comic home because he's like, you know, you need your Negro to protect you. That's what he would say. <laughs> I got my white boys. I'm going to walk them home. He did a joke about it in the park, but of like 500, 200 people. And then he literally walked me home back to Mercer Street to make sure, you know, I didn't get wilded. I mean, he was just, even just on Miami Vice, he was so fucking funny. Yeah. And, you know, you're just like, why didn't this guy like blow up and i mean i guess people didn't know he was sick and stuff but he didn't he audition for saturday night live i didn't know him then but what i always heard was that he was on snl for a couple days or weeks and he had trouble with the cue cards because he was not, not was he dyslexic or i really don't know but uh, I don't think learning was his strong suit. Right. Performing, making people happy. He was very generous when he did have money. He was happy to buy everybody something to drink, to eat. You know, we were kind of struggling back then ourselves. At least I was. And, uh, you know, Dave was a teenager. I was maybe 24, 25, you know. Um, he's just a good guy, you know. I don't know if I'd say he was a mentor, but he was certainly an influence. Right. And that's when, when he finally passed away. And I, it was tough to take because I didn't really know a comedian who died at that point. Right. Um, but it was also a relief because he'd been sick and he had all these demons. But the interesting thing that I noticed, and I really did mark this in my head at the time, was after Charlie was gone, it took a little while for Dave and I to go back to that park. It really was Charlie's park, even though we right. lived in the neighborhood. But Dave started going finally back up in the fountain. Oh, wow. And that's when I really feel like Chappelle found his voice found his confidence and his bravery as a performer because he stopped imitating Charlie, his big, loud one-liners, work in the park, work in the crowd. Dave made it more about him, brought it down an octave, settled into himself, didn't have to yell. Dave has this Pied Piper quality where people hush up and come to him. You know, and I really feel like Dave discovered that that summer, that next summer in Washington Square Park in New York City. Dave's still like that. He likes to do pop-up shows. He's popping up tonight downtown in some nightclub, and he asked me to come warm up the crowd. So things, even 20 years later, have not changed significantly. Because, you know, you guys are still performers, even though you're successful, like... Do you ever lose the edge to to want to perform at like a wacky pop up? Nah, no, I love it. I do love it. If I'm with my friends or you know working with someone I care about, it's it's a blast. Now, people see the success that you had, all the Comedy Central roast, uh, 
the border roast. I mean, t- too many TV appearances to go over. What got you through the initial rejections in the early days? I mean, I don't think people can see you ever getting turned down for gigs and not and struggling. Like, how do you? How did you get from that to the roast master? Yeah, that's a drip, 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 drip. It's but I mean, it's I hour think- after hour, day after day, you get tougher, you get funnier. You have more experience. You make more friends. If you're funny, success is inevitable. The only thing that can stop you is your is a is a your health. Right. I mean, that's if you could stay strong and keep that thick skin and keep your health and not get too depressed. I always tell myself, enjoy the process. I mean, you know, I I thought of because uh, I've never had a drug or drink in my life. Not even a drink? Nothing. And I think that's the only thing that got me through the rejection. Like, How'd you get through high school without peer pressure? You know, my mom bribed me, to be completely honest with you. She said, if you don't drink till you're 18, I'll get you the car of your choice. So she did. I got a BMW 318i. Wow. And Which was, in the mid-80s, it was a nice car. Uh, so after that, I was like, well, why start now? And even though I'm around, you know, certain drugs every night, uh, I'm not tempted at all. Have you tasted it? Never. I mean, I've inhaled it at certain comedy clubs, you know, uh, and, and but I'm never, I'm not curious at all, you know. Interesting. I've never had uh, anal sex before. I'm not curious about it. Right. You know. So Wow. Uh, but I'm not against it. Like people smoke or do other. Right. But you don't mind people drinking around you. Oh, not at all. I mean, if I did, I, I, I don't think I could do comedy, you know, it's, uh, but you know, it, it is sad when you see people like you describe Charlie. That's how I thought of Ralphie. Like, wow, you're only 45, man. I wish you could, uh, you know, you know, get better. And, mm. Like he was so good to me, and like Ralphie May. Yeah, I mean, just I mean, you were great at his memorial. Like, just uh, you know, gave gave Gary Cannon a couple zingers and mm-hmm. to lighten the mood. And then you went into a your love for Ralphie, and it was just really uh, it was neat to see. You know, in this wacky world we live in, two hundred comics coming together. You know, except for uh, Dante taking selfies outside the improv, you know. Is that what he was doing? I, I, I didn't really think it was the time. You know, People want to remember Ralphie in their own ways. I took a picture with Ralphie's brother holding Ralphie's ashes, which were spread into two containers. <laughs> there were a few containers. Yeah. Uh, but like. Like how you describe Charlie, like did did you ever like say with Ralphie, go, hey man, maybe you need to lose a few pounds or like, you, I mean, or at that point it's like, you know, what do you say to someone in that situation? You know, I was always on Ralphie's side no matter where his head was at. You know, we didn't challenge each other or at least he, I didn't challenge him significantly. I wanted to love him unconditionally. He often challenged me about my personal life and pushed me to be a better 
boyfriend, better friend, better brother, better uncle. He was always good, a good influence on me that way. But I am sad to say, I don't know if I was always a good influence on him. I was his friend. I was supportive, but I wasn't lecturing him on his, his weight. If anything, I was like, Hey, do you want to go to Canners? <laughs> well, you know, we love him a lot still. And, you know, you roast the ones you love. I think he said, when I die, don't be sad. Make fun of me. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, he was amazing. Ralphie, Ralphie would do a show, sign autographs, take pictures, sell merch, take the entire audience out to dinner without ever leaving that one spot. <laughs> <laughs> like people just came to him, circled around him. Oh, he, he definitely was, had a... Uh, he could plant himself for hours in one spot. I just remember the, when it was the Jeff Ross Roastmasters, uh, you know, two years ago in Montreal, and he was holding court in the, the, I think, the Hyatt. And it was just like everyone was just rotating around him. Like they yeah. all wanted to kiss the ring. Like a moon. People it, circled him like a sun. Yeah, yeah, it was great. And, you know, so we love you, Ralphie. That's the sad part. Because it is a sad business that we lose so many of our friends uh, young. You know, Greg Giraldo. Uh, how do you deal with... Uh, I almost feel like we're like pro wrestlers. You know, how they die so frequently. You know, and it must be hard for them. Like, do you just try and remember the good times of all the people you've lost? Or, you know... I've never been one to hold on to the bad times. I always try to remember the good times. I'm not really one to dwell on how bad somebody behaved or how bad a relationship was or a gig was or a deal was. I try to hold on to the good stuff. Right. Well, uh, on a happier subject, we got a big roast coming up, don't we? Who are you talking about? The Bruce Willis roast. The Bruce Willis Comedy Central roast. Now, do you know him? I've met him a couple times. I'm going to see him next week. So what's the process when you've like met him a couple times? Like, would you say your friends or acquaintances? Acquaintances. So do you approach it Hope differently? Hope to become friends through the roast. I think that would be fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could... Uh, I Obviously, you guys don't know who's going to be on the dais yet, but like, you know, there's some potential... Uh, Captain America, the Hulk... I don't know. There's too many of these fucking superhero movies. I don't get it. Too many. Do you watch any of these? No. What do you do when you're not doing stand-up? Uh, pizza, pot, pussy, punchlines. Podcast. Podcast. On iTunes. Perfect. Um, what's your writing process when you have a new, I don't want to say target, but I, I, when we announced the Bruce Willis roast, my cousin Ed ordered a whole bunch of Bruce Willis stuff. So now when I wake up, there's a there's a cardboard statue of Bruce Willis in the hallway. There's Bruce Willis posters in my garage, in my bathroom. There's a Bruce Willis book in my other next to my bed. There's a Bruce Willis coloring book. Uh, there's copies of his movies 
all queued up on my TV. So I am definitely a method roaster. Right. Like will you watch Die Hard just to like pick up, you know, maybe a visual for. Absolutely. And, and just to get a vibe for what I experienced as a fan of his when I first learned about him. I loved him on Moonlighting. Pulp Fiction is one of my favorites. Um, I love The Sixth Sense. I haven't seen um, Die Hard. Oh, my God. I'm going to watch it this week. It's the greatest action movie of all time. Yeah. Because the bet, you know, it, it the, the, the bad guy in it who recently passed alan rickman yeah he, hans von gruber he was just perfect as uh, and he had never been a bad guy before so i think he really sunk his teeth into it wow and uh, even the model the uh the rest of his terrorist crew were all models they'd never acted before so so bruce willis is such a legend he's been fighting terrorists since before they were arab yeah i mean when they were white yeah i don't like that shit seeing a white terrorist flashback friday yeah to the haters table starting to get the old juices flowing but so how because those roasts can get pretty personal of course uh do you bruce will have some good friends there to make him feel comfortable right but do, like in, in terms i mean you're the roast master you're like uh to me this generation's don rickles uh, and I mean that with that's uh, the highest compliment I can give. I take it that way. Uh, I mean, I still listen to his album uh, Live at the Sands uh, in 68, which was like, it's only 37 minutes, but it's like, to me, it's the, one of the best albums of all time. It's just 37 minutes. Wow. But it's just the innuendos and the, the zingers he was throwing out uh, in 68, especially, you know. I think there was a black guy in the back of the uh, room. He's like, to the Negro gentleman in the back, uh, have a nice summer. <laughs> I mean, what that's... What does that even mean? Well, I think it was right around the time of the Watts riots. So it was good luck. Wow. Uh, how, how do you decide how far you want to go in terms of... Because uh, Bruce Willis is, you know, he's... Uh, you can't get any more A-list of a celebrity than him. He's, he's been a star tv movie for 30 years he certainly had some uh interesting relationships with women do you uh you know if he doesn't say hey i don't want this talked about how do you decide what to and what to not talk about funny or not funny if the joke's funny i don't care if it's provocative uh i don't mind ruffling feathers but the joke's got to be great. It's got to be worth it. I won't do a cheap shot. You know, if it's a B joke, it's got to be an A joke. Right. And on top of that, I, I don't want to lose him as a friend. You want to take it to the, well, roast jokes should scratch the skin, not break the skin. Would you say that's the one difference between a roast joke and a roast battle joke? Because... I feel like a roast battle joke should break the skin. Right. It's a co more competitive, obviously. So it's not, you're not honoring the other person right, in a roast battle, but in a celebrity roast for Bruce Willis, who's a legend, we're honoring him. It's a career achievement, a lifetime of 
superstardom that we're paying tribute to. Now, do you find it curious some of the uh, the roasties reactions? Like to me, like Justin Bieber was a good sport. You know, he enjoyed having you and Chris D'Elia, and I really loved Hannibal on that. <laughs> good you one. Know? Yeah. I'm not really a fan of your music. I'm just here to get some career help. I enjoyed his honesty. Uh, right. But it seemed to me like, uh, I remember Chevy Chase seemed maybe like a little like, hey man, I'm funnier than all you motherfuckers. Beat it. Like, do some not get it? Like, that you are paying tribute to them? I guess. I mean, I've, I haven't really had anybody be a bad sport. Sorry, girl. It's all good. I mean, I wasn't at that Chevy Chase Rose, so I can't speak to that one. But for the most part, I pick people that are good targets, that are volunteering, that are up for it. You meet with them beforehand. You look them in the eyes, and you sort of connect in a human way. And then it's hard for their, it's hard to hurt their feelings, and it's hard for them to not get it if you come close. Like, you, if you know the person... You know that it's not coming from a malicious place. Right. Like the, I think my favorite roast of yours was the Gene Simmons roast. That was a good one. I really enjoyed that one. That was a good one. Because I know you and I are... Kiss fans. Big Kiss fans. Like, I love Kiss. Uh, Gene Simmons used to rock and roll all night and party every day. Now you get up every two hours to take a leap. <laughs> I mean, that, that hair is interesting. Gene Simmons, you like a rabbi fucked an Indian chief. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not sure what's going on with that hair. Like, it's like something Ted Nugent killed and just put it on his head. He's a rock star. You don't ask those kind of questions. But, well, I love it. Like, hey, listen, I bought every Kiss album. I buy all the reissues, which are the same fucking thing. I can't tell the difference. <laughs> I'm going to buy his box set, which is $2,000. To hear 150 songs that weren't good enough to be on Crazy Nights, <laughs> you know, uh, he just, and he does these, uh, he's doing these appearances right now all over the country, and he's, I don't think him and Paul are getting along, so he, like, he did one with uh, Peter Chris, which was oh, kind of really? cool, and then he did one with Vinnie Vincent, who, you know, he uh, was the guitar player after Ace, and th there's rumors that he's transitioning Really? And he looks, I mean, he looks like a woman. Great tits. What's his name? Vinny Vincent. That guy's transitioning, huh? I think so. Which is fine. You know, I mean, he's got to be hard to work with. He was kicked out of the Vinny Vincent invasion. I mean, you got to be, like, you got to be a real dick. Dude. Wow. But so Gene's doing these little appearances and, uh, you know, I'm a Kiss fan. Like, like with that, you could. Why wouldn't Gene and Paul be getting along? Well, I mean, you've, uh, how do you know that? You could just tell, you know, I mean, they've been together almost 45 years, almost 50 years. I'm, I'm sure, uh, Gene seems to be more into the, um, commercial side of, Hey, let's sell a condom, uh, you know, a coffin, a coffee house, a miniature golf, uh, the, you know, kiss number two pencil. Like, wow. Toilet paper. Uh, Everything but a new album. Huh? <laughs> and Paul seems to be like, let's put out a, some music. So right. I'm sure there's, uh, they're like an old married couple when you see them together now. Right. Uh, 
and you know they dress up two guys like Ace and Peter, so you know it's kind of like the Jewish menudo right now. It's right, but they still sell out arenas. I mean, you've worked with people. Songs are so good, and their show is so good. Well, yeah, I mean, they do everything humanly possible to distract you from how shitty the music is. I mean, you know, bombs and lasers and, you know. I can't believe in all the years you've lived here, you never hung anything over that fireplace. Well, I'm too scared. Oh. Let's uh, show you the fireplace here. There's nothing there. A good kiss poster. All these messages and you don't even show them to me? Like, who's messaging us right now? Uh, let's see. We got Jeff Myrow. Do you know Jeff? Boston Jeff? Okay. You know Jeff, right? Uh -huh. Well, I know uh, a lot of Jeffs, but... Well, he's saying uh, hello from Boston. Uh-huh. He's Paulie's friend. Paulie. Oh, yeah. Know. Hi, Jeff. Oh, yeah, that guy. Long-haired uh, Jeff, a very fine musician. We've got a couple roast battle people saying hello. Oh, my God. Jeff's on your couch. Yeah. yeah how's that couch feel? Sticky. <laughs> But, well, I mean, I might need help getting up. It's <laughs> it's twenty years of uh, loads on that couch. Why don't you get a new couch, Earl? Why don't you up your game now that you're getting famous? Well, I'm waiting for season three. I'm going to use got these VHS tapes stacked up like uh, like that's coming back anytime soon. Well, it might. You never know. I mean, technology is like. Can it, I see that. Sure. We're gonna. Uh, yeah, they get it. Well, I know, but I can I, I can only hold the mic and. Uh, there we go. I'm I got gonna... it. Just hand it over. So uh, we are on Instagram Live right now. For uh, those of you, we're going to cut the feed in a few minutes just so you got to switch over to iTunes to uh, listen to the rest. Jeff has a show at the Improv uh, tonight and the Comedy Store and a possible pop-up with uh, uh, Chappelle at a uh, unannounced uh, location. But um, now when you do your stand-up job, yeah. how is that? Do you write differently than you do like a roast job? Roast, uh, how is it that in all these years, nothing has been put on top of this fireplace? Well, it's, it's the, uh, I don't think it's very uh, secure behind this wall. So um, I'm scared to put something heavy on it. I see. How about just something light, pretty? Well, I need. I a, guess I like the clean image. You know, uh, I could put. Uh, I like the French doors. Yeah, I'm not. You know, and the uh, Ultimate Warrior uh, cartoon. You know, and uh, whatnot. You know, it's it's a man's apartment. It really is, man. I don't think too many women are going to walk in here and go, "Wow, I love your decorator." Probably not. I think uh, probably looks like John Wayne Gacy decorated, but it's a sweet TV. You should see porn on this TV. It's really outstanding. But, uh, so, like, how do you write your actual stand-up? Because I don't think people know how you do that. <laughs> uh, do you just pick topics? Do you, like, whatever you pops in? You pick a topic and you write jokes to that topic. But how do you do it? Like, is it say you you wake up tomorrow morning. You yeah, see, I, I have uh, I have my slaves massage my feet. Uh, my calligrapher jots down my every thought. How do you think I do it? I don't know. You're a fucking comic. You know how it works. <laughs> I don't know how it works. We're gonna end the Instagram live, guys. <laughs> We're gonna do the. I think it ended for you. <laughs> <laughs> no one's. <laughs>
<laughs> we're already ended. Um, well, I think people are interested in your writing process. Like you wake up tomorrow, Trump says something stupid. Yeah, I'm usually talking it out or I might even sit down at a computer and try to write out a few jokes about a topic I care about or something that hits me. Sometimes you just say it off the cuff. But when I have a big roast, I go to battle. I, I, I definitely break out a computer and work on it every day for weeks and months till it's done. And how, what's the final editing process like? I try it out. I try it out on stage and what works, what feels right, what's hitting. And if it's not either, is it fixable or is it stepping on something else or are people not getting it or is it just not funny? And like, say, do you have a preferred uh, spot in the line if you like to go on these roasts? Everybody wants to go first, second, or third, but I usually go last. It's and much it's, harder to go last. Right, because every topic's been hit. Right. You know, but in a weird way, if you go on last, you get all the freshest topics because then you can roast the roast. Right. Which I, I really enjoy. Well, Comedy Central roast uh, of Bruce Willis. When is the date on that? I think it's the last week of July it's going to be on. Uh, right around uh, when roast battles come. That's right. So it's a big, July's a big month for you. Yes, now, what about another special? Like the the border special was great. Working on that. Can you say uh, is it? Uh, I don't know what it's going to be yet, but I'm going to do something really cool. I'll probably do that at the end of the year. Me and David Teller on tour, bumping mics in Seattle and Portland next week. And uh, and what's in that? Uh, you guys are on stage at the same time, right? We do a two man show. And you guys, that's like, uh, you know. Uh, magic and kareem like i mean how long have you guys you guys you've known him as long as Chappelle, right longer they would host the open mics i did in new york he was already the man he was the big open mic host when i was really starting out well, he's the funniest guy in the world he really ups my game right i mean it, it's uh he's i've seen him in the or in front of six people kill like when everyone else is bombing, he gets up there and like, that's when I knew that, wow, it's not the crowd, it's you. Right. Um, and then you do select shows with Chappelle, just when the uh, the mood, like you oh, did yeah. the New Year's Eve, big New Year's Eve show. That was fun. I opened for John Mayer and Dave Chappelle. Um, they do their two-person show also called... Um, called it's, it's like, good whatever it's called it's 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 got a terrible name for a great show it's like planned chaos or something well speaking of chaos is how this podcast goes i see that so no this is no planned questions this is just what pops into my head when does the maid coming pop into your head just kidding. you don't think this place is clean no it's a little dusty but it's fine i mean I, how do you feel about me farting into this couch um, sure, go ahead. Wow. <laughs> you <Welcome> know, back. <laughs> that mic is going to be uh, Dawson Purell. I didn't fart on the mic. I farted on the couch. Uh, well, you got to give... Is this inappropriate, Earl? Uh, it's not quite appropriate. I'm being respectful, right? No, me. Was I inappropriate? You're great. All right. 
Uh, do you have any? How long is this? Two more hours? <laughs> We're just getting going. It's like a telethon. <laughs> Donate to the eight hundred number. Uh, I donated last night to St. Jude's. Oh, that's nice. Uh, not really. I just wanted the blanket the kid has in the commercial. It's cold in here, Jeff. I guess I get it. These French doors. Um, well, I have to leave the doors uh, closed when I'm, you know, entertaining guests. You know, you know what I'm saying. Because you know, people can look you, Lou. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people find God in this house. I see. Um, now, even though you're. A, a technically a new york comic uh the comedy store is is an amazing place did you have many interactions with mitzi i didn't have many no but they were significant she was really cool supportive uh, she came over to my house one time that was fun do you remember the first time you ever performed in front of her i don't remember because i would pop in i didn't know much i didn't know i didn't know her really so i it was it was taking a picture it was just what it she was sort of part of the furniture at that point sitting in the dark i mean is there I think she'd see me on the roast and stuff and i was invited to come perform there i don't think i had to actually audition i think i was passed uh behind the scenes right um but you know i remember coming to sit with her once in the club i remember her coming over to my house and you know obviously i love Polly. Oh, Paul is, uh, yeah, Mitzi, it's sad. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, uh, my parents died in a similar fashion. Not to, you know, we'll end on a happy note, but like, well, no, it's, I mean, it's a relief. Mitzi's in a, yeah, Mitzi's you know, in a better place now when they're uh, the laugh factory on Crescent Heights. With, <laughs> you know, I really love, why can't you laugh out loud or what's holding you back? Yeah. I laugh on the inside. All right. I saw you repress that laugh. I don't uh, suppress that laugh. I, well, I'm not really a laugh factory guy. I think at this point I have a better chance of getting passed by the Masad than Masada. Right. Uh, but hey, well, you know, I mean, do you perform there a lot? I perform everywhere. I love all clubs. Temples of free speech, bro. Is there, uh, and you perform a lot for the troops? Of course. Is that the most satisfying gig? By far. Because, you know, they're doing... Uh, they're volunteering their lives on the line and f protect our free speech. I would never have the balls to be in the military. I wouldn't have hacked it. So it's a little bit that I can do as a performer to bring some laughs where there aren't any. War now, zones. Right. I mean, I've seen the pictures of you like in, in bulletproof uh, vests and like helmets and... I know Artie Lang said he did a gig once where they had to blindfold him because he was going into like a secret area. Did you ever do like one of those type of... Uh... I think he was blacked out drunk and they told him, <laughs> they blindfolded him to make him feel better. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, you go to some undisclosed locations, but they don't have to blindfold us because, uh, well, maybe they did Artie, but, you know, I don't read Iraqi anyway. I wasn't going to be able to tell you where we were um did you enjoy and it's kind of a similar uh experience uh, the prison uh you know when you roasted the prisoners like they must have been so psyched to have a celebrity that they knew like not all of them knew me but i think they liked having a show 
Right. They like to all getting together in the same room, which doesn't happen very often in a jail or a prison. The different gangs, the different ethnic groups are kept separate. So I got to bring them all into one room and try to get them to laugh at the same things. And I think, you know, they had to behave for a month in order to get access to the show, permission to go. So, yeah, it was euphoric for them, but I also got a lot out of it. I learned a lot. And do you, you have, bring hope, you know, wherever right. you, I'm a big believer in second chances. Oh, so am I. I've been given a lot of second chances. See that? By women, comedy clubs, TV shows. I see that. You know, uh, what's next? Well, let's, let's end on a happy note. All right. Like, we all know what's coming up. You got a podcast that's happening. That's fun. Mm-hmm. What's your next after the Bruce Willis roast, roast battle, specials? Uh, is it movies? Is it uh, just keep touring with a tell? I mean, do you have uh, something in the horizon you want to expose to the millions of Earl fans? Uh, you know, I'm going to shoot a stand-up special, probably with David Tell, probably pretty soon. Our Bumping Mike's show as a uh, anthology, as a really special special all right well jeff before i let you go we kind of hit on this topic a little bit before but there's probably no one on planet earth to speak on this performance other than you because you are the roast master yeah but it's very controversial uh, you know the correspondence dinner mm -hmm. uh, i don't think people really realize what a tough gig that is from the standpoint of one half of the room hates the other half it's a stiff crowd. I thought personally Michelle Wolf did fine. Uh, that crowd was stiffer than a lion over Eric Trump's fireplace. <laughs> That's a stiff crowd. They were stuffier than this apartment. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, man, you know. Michelle Wolf's a roaster. She holds doesn't hold back. She kills it. She wanted to shake things up, stir it up, and that's what she did. I love the idea that somebody would want to roast the powerful people, those powerful women in the Trump administration. I just wish they had taken the jokes better. They look like sourpusses sitting there pretending to be mad as if they had no idea that the most powerful people in the world would be roasted by a type a comic in front of b celebrities on c-span because <laughs> i mean yeah i think whether it's roast or roast battle that the best attribute is the ability to take the joke of course thick uh, skin baby yeah oh i have, there's nothing that can hurt my feelings uh, really no because i have some leroy jokes in my back it's pocket tough. it's tough you know leroy, well i mean th that was tough you know, I think it was in Benji's case, it was the element of surprise of, oh, shit, I didn't prepare for that. Right. Uh, you know, I can. You know, I'm ready for Kennedy jokes. I'm ready for, you know, uh, dating younger girl jokes. I, I don't think that's a, you know, as long as they're legal. Of course, not everyone follows that code. But, uh, you know, my my uncle was president of the United States. I, I don't think that's really a, you know, a bad thing. Right. So, you know, other than Leroy, I'm Teflon. But who knows? What a crazy life you've had, Earl. 
Well, you know, I do wish I Who started. Who were you named after, Earl? It's a great story. Uh, my And it's why I had a horrible fear of flying airplanes for a while because uh, my dad named me after his best friend, Earl Ranft, R-A-N-F-T, and he died in a plane crash. Uh, I lost both sets of grandparents, plane crash. Uh, wow. You know, un several uncles, plane crash. Uh, so. So why you don't go on the road? Um. Well, I don't think I'm a big enough name. I mean, I'm honest, too. Uh, I mean, everyone goes on the road. Well, I don't want to uh, play the Chuckle Hut in Milwaukee. I, I uh, you know, I'd like to wait till my brand's a little bigger so I could, you know, like, I don't know, you know, like Dr. Ken is, is uh, giving me some work, you know, because I know he's a Bros Battle fan and he's mm -hmm. very good to me. And uh, Oh, yeah. Oh, he's the best. Like, if everyone were like you, him, Russell Peters, uh, Jimmy Carr is awesome to me. Uh, it just, the world would operate. The, the stand-up world would be a better place, I think. I think you're right, Earl. I don't like the uh, the climbers in this business. You don't have I to. I know, you're always calling them out on social media. I don't like it, Jeff. Everybody's got to get theirs, though. You can't fault people for being ambitious. You can't move to Hollywood and then not care but i think the you um there's a way to do it where you don't have to i care about making it whatever making it means i don't know what that means you know to some people it's jim carrey making 20 million a film to open micers i've made it uh to me you've made it you know maybe to you don rickles made it you know, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, I still think you can go about it in a a gentlemanly way. I see. You know? I, I feel you. You're right. Um, you know, I, you don't like the social climbers and the networking. I just don't like phony people. You know? I see. Like, you know, hey, Earl, great battle tonight. Uh, I'm battling next week. You know, like, I actually had someone say great closer tonight. And I'm like, uh, I'm up in three. I won't say who, but who was it? I I can't say. Cares? Social faux pas. Well, you know, I just you know, I I've never walked up to someone and said, "Hey, man, love that opener." Oh, you're not on yet. My bad. You know. Sometimes people get confused and think you're someone else. Well, I know in my case, I uh, people used to think I'm a Dice Clay's kid, Max. Right. So, uh, you know, they were trying to get in with Dice by being nice to me. I'm like, you know, I'm Earl, not Max. Right. Or, you know, when I was opening up for Rob Schneider, hey, Earl, great job opening for Rob in Arizona. I'm like, oh, we were in Jacksonville. Uh, you know, Fred at the Jacksonville Comedy Zone. Have you ever played there? So the format of this podcast is that two people keep talking until one of them falls asleep? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's this is not a podcast. This, this is, is a called war. inappropriate mononucleosis with Earl. It, it probably would get numbers. It went from light to dark since I got here. But, but people enjoy just two people. My phone's charged twice. All right, Jeff. This is the point of the podcast where you. I've done road gigs not as long as this <laughs> fucking podcast. But this one podcast. I could have done the La Jolla Comedy Store and come back in this amount of time. I enjoy your company. Thanks. You know, it's hard for me to get celebrities on my couch. What celebrities have you had? I've had Stephen Piercy from Rat. How much? I'll ask you again. What celebrities have you had? 
I've had uh, Frank Castillo, season two, roast battle champ. Great, great guy. Uh, I've had Rob Schneider. Super cool. I've had, uh, let me see. Uh, yeah, I've had a few celebrities. That's nice. How many of them have farted on the couch like me? You're the first. All right. So I appreciate that. Not only have you given me my first TV credits, you've also given me my first fart on this couch. So, Jeff, not that you need it, but where can people find you on Twitter? At Real Jeffrey Ross on Twitter. Instagram? At The Real Jeffrey Ross on Instagram. Facebook, it's more for your friends or... I have a Facebook page. I got a MySpace page. I do you still link. do MySpace? Of course. I'm on it every day. Me and Dane Cook. And Tom. And Tom from MySpace. Well, maybe you might want to go on Maya. I have a new social website for white supremacists yeah. uh, called Black Facebook. That's so, good. you know, maybe now I'm bombing in my living room. That, that's I like a, how, you know, I thought it was funny. I mean, it's okay. I take swings. I mess sometimes. Earl, this is really fun today. Well, you're a friend. Uh, Thanks for your dedication and loyalty to the Roast Battle family. Well, it's... Thanks uh, for your friendship. You, you know... Uh, Thanks for the Gretzky jersey. <laughs> hey, I don't like... Blood and jizz on it. I don't like you that much to give you a Gretzky jersey. I'll give you a Bookaboom jersey. All right. He protected Gretzky, but... Gotcha. Uh, you know, I owe you a lot, and I don't care if people think I'm kissing your ass. I'm not. I just, I'm genuinely thankful for the, you know, the opportunities you've given me, and the roast battles, an amazing show, and Comedy Central's treated me well because of you and Brian Moses, Coach T. Uh, so uh, be on the lookout for Roast Battle Season Three. Uh, Jeff's uh, Bruce Willis roast uh, yep. coming up. Comedy Central, his special. Toward the end of the year, and uh, go back, rewatch uh, the border. Jeff Ross roasts the border, and uh, the prisoner. Jeff Ross roasts criminals, and uh, go uh, online Comedy Central and revisit some of the roast. And uh, where can people find the Gene Simmons roast? Because that was. <laughs> what are you, Shemp? Jeff, <laughs> I'm trying to give you your plugs. Well, this is this is not plugs. This is fucking a deep dive. <laughs> Dude, uh, Freddie Roman's plugs are this deep. <laughs> love you, Earl. I love you. It, uh, no one can make me laugh. Just, Congrats just... on your cousin getting uh, <laughs> getting out of uh, his murder rap. You know, his alibi was creative. He, he said he was jacking off in the tree where the body was found. You got to give him points for that. That's Oh, really? Yeah, I mean. what On what, on what grounds did they overturn the ruling today? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. I wasn't in the loop. I was preparing for this podcast. How did you prepare? By changing your basketball shorts? <laughs> well, I, uh, I did some research on you. Well, oh. You know, I'm, you think I just hit record and go? When Earl says he's doing research on you, it just means change your bank code and your PIN numbers. Well, you know, my research is thorough. Yeah. So. Should I fart again? If, if you could fart to close out the podcast. That, oh All right. That microphone is screaming, help. Inappropriate Earl, SoundCloud and iTunes, leave a review. <laughs> he doesn't need it, but follow Jeff on Twitter and Instagram. Real Jeffrey Ross on Twitter. The Jeffrey Ross 
on Instagram and uh, just the best. He's helped more comics than anyone else on earth. So please love him, learn him, follow him. <laughs> <laughs>